Life Audio. Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. On today's episode, we want to talk about the veracity of our New Testament, the veracity of our New Testament. And after a word from our sponsors, we'll get started on the topic today. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. And by veracity, we're talk, talking about the truthfulness. And we want to answer the question, can we trust the New Testament? Can we trust uh, our Bible? Can we trust the Old and New Testament? But for our purposes on this episode, we just want to highlight the trustworthiness of our New Testament or the Bible. Uh, I want to use that interchangeably so uh, we don't have enough time on this show to cover uh, both old and new the way that we need to cover it. So um, I'll have to switch back and forth in highlighting why we believe in the Bible, why we believe in the Old Testament, why we believe in the New Testament. I want to use the acronym CANON, C-A-N-O-N, CANON, on why we trust the Bible. Um, when we look at the C in the word canon, we're talking about the copying, the copying. And in uh, apologetic circles, we use the term transmission, which is uh, the copying of God's word from one language to another. And in our case, we're talking about the copying of the Hebrew uh, and the Greek and the Aramaic to English. And one thing about uh, languages, according to linguistics, um, languages do not transfer to another language uh, at a full 100% rate. So what they're saying is um, to go from one language to the receptor language, 
meaning you go from the native language to the receptor language, oftentimes doesn't allow you in every case to capture the essence of that original language because um, not all words can cross over at 100%. So you have to do some digging. You have to do some inferences. You, 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 you have to use the law of logical inference to ascertain what the original language is trying to say. So as it relates to uh, the languages or the copying, if you use the standards that even secular uh, historians have used to measure the veracity or the authenticity of the Bible, the Bible far surpassed any other ancient document. So before we get into that, um, let's talk about the trustworthiness of the scriptures according to the church fathers. Who are these church fathers? These, these church fathers were uh, men called by God to proclaim and to defend the faith in the early stages of Christianity. Um, they were called by God to preserve the doctrines of the faith. They were called by God to address heresy, and heresy is false teaching of God's word. Uh, it may sound legitimate, but it's faulty. Uh, these false teachings uh, can cause people to be led astray. So that's why heresy should be denounced. Heresy should be put in its proper place. Um, you can read Galatians, the first chapter, where Paul and I'm paraphrasing, Paul talks about if uh, he or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than that which you've already received, let them be a curse, monathema. So uh, heresy is like cancer. Uh, it can spread, and you have to deal with it. And that's what these early church fathers did. They articulated doctrine, and they also defended and preserved the healthy teaching of God's word. So let's look at Clement of Rome. Clement of Rome lived in 140 AD. He says, uh, look carefully into the scriptures, which are the true utterances of the Holy Spirit. Observe that nothing of an unjust or counterfeit character is written in them. So he says, check it out. You won't find, you won't find any falsehood uh, in the scriptures. Observe that nothing of an unjust or counterfeit character is written in them. So what you read in the scriptures are true. Then Irenaeus. Irenaeus wrote the book Against Heresies, and he lived in the second century, uh, 175 to 185 A.D. And he says all scripture um, is, is given to us from God. And will be found in harmony with ourselves. And the parables will harmonize with the things expressly uttered. And the open sayings will solve the parables. So basically, um, Irenaeus is saying that scripture is harmonious. Scripture does not conflict with, with the, uh, one another. One passage uh, can complement another passage or does complement another passage. And if you run into... Uh, any passages that seem contradictory, that's a paradox. It's not a contradiction. 
A paradox simply means on a surface before you do any investigation, it seems like it's contradictory, but upon uh, utilizing proper hermeneutics and studying and praying and doing your word study, you'll see that it's not the scripture that's the problem. It's that whoever the reader is, whoever the investigator is, um, is either not prepared to rightly divide the word um, or is ignorant about the word. So it's never the scripture. Scripture is uh, uh, harmonious, and we can find the truth if we practice proper hermeneutics. So that was Irenaeus, uh, and this, uh, his, his writings against heresies was written between 175 to 185 A.D. Then the next person that supports the scripture is Justin Martyr. He's another apologist. Uh, in his writing dialogue with Trifo, and that was written around 150 uh, circa 150 to 155 A.D., he says, if a scripture which appears to be of such a kind be brought forward, and if there be a pretext for saying that it is contrary to some other, since I am entirely convinced that no scripture contradicts one another. Again, uh, he, he said it well, no scripture contradicts one another. So he's, he's, he's supporting the Bible. He's supporting the scripture. And that's why we can trust the New Testament. We can't trust the Bible. All doctrine, according to Tertullian, on the testimony of the soul and on the prescription of the heretics, uh, he writes the following, all doctrine which savors or are contrary to the truth of the churches and of the apostles of Christ and of God must be condemned at once as having its origin in falsehood. Again, all doctrine which savors um, or are contrary to the truth of the churches and of the apostles of Christ and of God must be condemned at once. So that's Tertullian supporting the veracity of the gospel. And then Tertullian again uh, in his writing against Martian, he writes the following. Never mind if there does occur some variation in the order of their narratives, provided that there be agreement in the essential matters of the faith. And he's talking about uh, major doctrines versus minor doctrines, uh, and as well as transmission. And then St. Athanasius, uh, 367 A.D., in his feastal letters, he writes the following. Now it has been ventured as an opinion that scripture do not agree together or that God who gave the commandment is false. But there is no disagreement, whatever. There is no, there, there is no disagreement, whatever. Far from it, neither can the Father who is truth lie. So again, there's this affirmation that there's no contradiction or disagreement within the scriptures. If you follow proper hermeneutics, you'll soon find out uh, that the scripture is harmonious. It's not contradictory. It is true. Let us take a break to recognize our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Then St. Augustine, in his letter to Jerome, he argues, for I confess to you your charity that I have learned to to yield this respect, and not only to the canonical books of Scripture, 
Of these alone do I most firmly believe that the authors were completely free from error. So St. Augustine is arguing the inerrancy of the scriptures. So when we look at the reliability of the New Testament, we already have the testimonials from the early church fathers. So um, when we look at the veracity, the uh, completeness, the truthfulness, uh, when we look at it and observe it objectively and and observe it using the tools of historical research, you'll see that it passes all the test. So let's look at archaeology. When we talk about archaeology, for an example, um, in the Bible, in Acts 21, 29, it talks about um, how uh, the temple in the first century, um, when they went in, when I say what well, they, I'm talking about Paul and his um, Gentile uh, friend, when they went into the temple, uh, the Gentile friend um, went to the place in the temple uh, where he was supposed to be, but some other people came and lied on him as it relates to where he could be. And that got Paul into some trouble because there was a place in the temple uh, where Gentiles could not go. And so um, archaeologists over the years in digging, they unearthed one of the signs that further affirms Luke's writing as it relates to uh, the Gentiles not being allowed in certain areas of the temple. The Greek inscription on the marble that was found read, no Gentiles may enter the closing, the enclosing screen around the temple. Whoever is caught will have himself to blame. That death is, uh, that, that death results. So again, the inscription on the marble sign that was unearthed affirming Acts 21 and 29 read, no Gentile may enter the enclosing screen around the temple. Whoever is caught will have himself to blame that his death results. So it again proves that archaeology is catching up to the contents of the Bible. It's not the other way around. Archaeology is catching up to the truth. Then, uh, if you ever get a chance, you can visit the um, Ephesus Theater. Ephesus Theater. It's the ancient theater of Ephesus. And back then, it it sat 25,000 people. And they held political and religious discussions, plays, and gladiator sports. And in Acts 19.29, Paul was taken to this theater. And again, uh, this theater is still there at the time of this recording, and you can go on your uh, visits and see this theater. And why is this important? It's important because the Bible mentions it. The Bible talks about the great theater of Ephesus, where Paul was, uh, was uh, brought to and, and uh, inquisitioned. So the Bible can't be trusted in, its, in, his, in the truthfulness of its accounting of places, people, uh, political climate, and, and so forth. Uh, we can trust the scriptures. Whatever, whatever the Bible affirms is true, and whatever the Bible negates is not true. Then we can even look at uh, Artemis, Diana, uh, Acts 19 and 28. They've unearthed uh, some of the statues or idols that were created for her. 
they have that. And so in the number of manuscripts, you may be saying to yourself, what are manuscripts? Manuscripts are copies of the original. And the original originals are called autographs, autographs. And these autographs are the, um, the original writings of the disciple or the scribes. So, for example, if, um, if Matthew wanted to write something um, and he wrote it, and that particular writing would be the original, that's, that's called the autograph. But let's say another church was in need of Matthew's message then the scribe will copy the original uh, from the original and send it to the other church. And so that copy is called a manuscript, and the original is called an autograph. So in ancient uh, research, ancient, uh, uh, ancient works, those who study it, uh, there's a standard that uh, researchers use to ascertain whether or not um, this writing is truthful or came from the person that's that it's attributed to. And for the New Testament, we don't have the autographs, but we have numerous, numerous manuscripts. Uh, and by the way, no ancient work that we have in our position, uh, in our possession rather, has the autograph. Uh, writings from Trifo, or Pliny the Younger, writings from uh, Socrates, uh, or, or, or writings from uh, Herodotus, whoever you can name. We don't have the original writings. Every, they have the uh, manuscripts. So when it comes to manuscripts, Christianity uh, far supersedes the number of manuscripts. And the reason why having a great deal of manuscript works to our advantage is if there's ever a controversy about a text, uh, or verse, we can always go back and compare to these manuscripts to make sure that that was the intended meaning of the writer. So the number of manuscripts is very important for Christians. Uh, and if you have any questions regarding the manuscripts, uh, what we are talking about, you can email us at info at srministries.org, info at srministries.org. And these manuscripts uh, were found in predominantly three areas. Um, there are three major manuscript groupings, and most New Testament copies belong to the group that dates back to the ninth century uh, in Byzantium. So uh, uh, the Byzantium group of manuscripts uh, contained uh, what was used by Erasmus, was also used uh, for the King James. Then there's the Western group um, of, of text. That's the second group. Then the third group is called the Alexandrian uh, group. And it is the uh, oldest group in some manuscripts, which dates back to the second and first century. The, and those are the three groupings, the Byzantium, the Western, and Alexandrian or e, uh, Egyptian groupings. You may be saying to yourself, what's the big deal about these manuscripts and their groupings? Well, if you have a Bible... Your Bible used one of those groupings of manuscripts in order to publish your Bible. That's why it's so important. So when you see a difference in translations, um, it's due primarily to the groupings of manuscripts and, w and where they were found. So all of this is very important for, for us as believers to let us know how 
the process um, came about with us receiving our fancy Bibles and uh, all of the different color Bibles we now have and uh, all the different commentaries and the lexicons and the cross-reference uh, columns in the middle of the Bibles and just uh, the, the, the atlases and, and you name it. Uh, today's Bibles, many of them have these different tools and reference information to help us with our research. So just keep in mind that all of this is connected. Can we trust our Bible? Yes, we can. We can trust our Bible. We gave evidence from the early church fathers on why they trusted the Bible. We looked at the transmission. We looked at archaeology. So these are the reasons or the arguments why I trust the Bible. Now, in terms of the number of manuscripts, as I said before, the New Testament, we have over 6,000. We found over 6,000 copies of the New Testament um, within a 40 years gap. And that, what that means is um, when the manuscripts were written, it was close in proximity to the time of events. So the further along you go, let's say something happened in 2020 and you didn't write about it until um, 2120. Uh, so that's almost, that's 100 years. Well, your memory may have waned by then. So it's better if you had written it in 2022, 2032. So the closer you are to an event, the more likely that what you said about the event is true. So for, our, for Christians, we have over 6,000 in terms of copies. Um, Homer writing, as an example, it's only about uh, 1,757 copies found. Demosthenes, um, his copies are only about 340. And even Caesar, his Gallic Wars, it's only about 251. So we as Christians, uh, we have... Uh, numbers on our side. If we were to use the same litmus test we use for uh, secular work, you'll see that the manuscript far surpass those others, far surpass it. And it's through these manuscripts uh, that we're able to get our Bibles. Um, the Latin Vulgate was created in the fourth century, and that's 300 AD, right? And then Wycliffe Bible was 1384. Gutenberg Bible was 1455. Erasmus Greek New Testament was 1516. Tyndale New Testament was 1526. Tyndale Whole Bible was 1568. Miles Coverdale Bible was 1539. Geneva Bible was 1599 until we get to the King James, which was 1611. So in terms of O for our acronym, uh, the O stand for outside biblical sources, outside biblical sources that uh, demonstrate that our Bible is trustworthy. Um, Bertrand Russell was a, uh, a skeptic. Uh, yeah, he lived from 1872 to 1970. And he writes, historically, it's quite doubtful whether Christ ever existed at all uh, in his book, Why I'm Not a Christian. Well, Mr. Russell uh, was wrong then and Certainly, uh, in today's uh, learning, we know for certain that he was wrong now. There are numerous evidence for the historical Jesus outside the New Testament. So he was doubting whether or not Jesus ever existed. 
uh, if, we, if you have a chance, read Robert E. Van Voorst's book, Jesus Outside of the uh, New Testament, An Introduction to the Ancient Evidence. I have that copy of his book, and it demonstrates that there are numerous outside references outside the Bible that demonstrates that Jesus did indeed live. Then Richard Dawkins, uh, the popular atheist, he said there are other teachings in the New Testament that no good person should support. I refer to the central doctrine of Christianity, that of, that of atonement for original sin. Again, he's a, against Christianity. But the ability for God to save us is indeed a miraculous event. It is also a mysterious process by which God cleans our filthy heart. Mysteries are, in t- are indeed knowledge that belong to God alone. However, the inability of humans to understand mystery, mysteries does not negate the fact of the event. Every cause has an effect. The fact that we are saved demonstrates that something happened. God caused the actual change in us as believers and Christians are not delusional. So when you get a chance, we're, we're out of time. When you get a chance, you should also consult Flavus Josephus, who basically cites the same things that the Bible cited in regard to Christ and his um, his resurrection and the influence on his followers. So our time has come to a close. Continue to pray for us as we pray for you. And as always, uh, we need your support. Uh, you can go online and donate. And remember to do for the truth what so many people do for a lie. May the Lord God bless you as well as your family. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. And that's all. Hello, hello. Quinice Petway here, co-host of the Your Daily Bible Verse podcast. Are you someone who loves to take a deep dive into God's Word one verse at a time to explore His will for your life and desire to draw closer to Him? If that sounds like you, I'd love to invite you to head over to lifeaudio.com and search your daily Bible verse to tune in and subscribe for daily inspiration, life application, and spiritual transformation through the in-depth exploration of God's Word.